Welcome to the Bold Dreamer Podcast. I am your host, Christina, and as always, I'm so glad that you're here. The episode this week is such a special episode for so many different reasons. Um, The first being, this is the first time that we have allowed a man uh, to be on our podcast. We generally you know, really highlight the dreams and businesses of women out there just doing the damn thing. Um, But this week, I have a couple that I have been friends with forever. Megan, I have known since elementary school, and they have a company called The Arched Manor, and they are doing some incredible things on social and they help people with home renovations and they highlight all the home renovations that they're doing um, in their own house and they go through their process. And uh, it's really, really amazing what they've cultivated. And we get into all the things behind having a business that's very social media forward. Um, I think a lot of people tend to think, that you kind of set it and forget it, make your post and walk away. And they really get into the process behind um, having a business like they do. And John and Megan are just such a delight. Anybody that knows them in real life knows that they are just the most fun and kind and they support each other so much in this endeavor. And it's a really beautiful thing to witness too. Um, And I think that anybody that has a business that they're looking to grow and are starting from the ground up will find a lot of value in what they have to say and hearing the process of growing something from nothing to huge in a matter of three years. So as always, grab your cup of coffee or tea or lemon water or matcha or whatever it is that you love and sit at the table with us and kind of dig through the process of starting and cultivating a business and creating what is your dream life. Uh, They both left their jobs and are now doing what they love. And there is so much power to be found in that. Um, You'll definitely laugh during this episode. I certainly did. And I think you will fall in love with them as much as I love them too. So let's get into it. Okay, so I'm here with Megan and John. This is take two because I just lost um, Wi-Fi. And what I was in the middle of saying when I got cut out was um, John is the exception to our women-only rule because he's special and... Uh, we love his wife, Megan. Thank you. Um, so thank you guys so <laughs> much honor, for, man. yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much for doing this with me. We are so excited to be here. We're big fans, big fans of you. Um, and we're excited to talk about the journey and just, I feel like everyone listening to this is probably can relate to things that we're going through. So hopefully we can, you know, share some things that are good takeaways. <laughs> I think you will. And I think a lot of people find value in just like seeing people have businesses that they've like dreamed about doing and being able to like see themselves and other people and um, 
hearing the process because it's like really the process looks a lot smoother than it really is um but before we start it's like a a duck swimming on on water from above it looks calm and peaceful but below the surface man he's kicking like crazy so He's kicking That's like he's crazy, doing. and he's got like a little, like some weights tied to those little <laughs> That's right. webbed yeah. feet. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like trying to stay up too. Yeah, it's um, not even duck feet; it's like a speedboat under there. Oh, man. oh my gosh! I seriously, I wish people could like actually see. But before we get into all that, I do have to ask you. Um, I don't know if you've listened, and I ask everybody this: What is your favorite way to take your coffee? And I know you guys are coffee drinkers because I see like your gadgets and things. <laughs> I I like to actually think that we are coffee people, but, but we're not. We do have one cup a, each morning. We have one cup. We have a fancy Keurig because we are we we call ourselves the average Joes because we don't actually know how to make fancy coffee, but this one Keurig that we have makes us feel like we can drink fancy coffee. (laughs) But Well, side note on that, this Keurig, it has like this frothing unit, uh, you know, to the side of it. Fancy. Looks fancy. We've used it maybe five, maybe six times. Well, you, I've used it more often. When was the last time you used it? Well, you know. At least a year. <laughs> Last <least>. Christmas. <laughs> but the 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 trick that I found with that when when I want to feel extra fancy is before you froth your we usually froth half and half before you do that, sprinkle in some cinnamon and mm, it tastes yes. so good. So that's like that's my fancy coffee. It's a nice breakfast blend K cup with froth half and half and cinnamon. <laughs> that's like actually pretty fancy though. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I feel like I'm not that fancy. I just, I do uh, Starbucks 2X coffee, so it's like twice mm. as strong. Yes. Pour a little half and half in there, done. Yeah, my stomach, yeah, that's not my fancy. stomach can't take that. I'd give me a good, <laughs> good, me, give me a good breakfast blend, uh, light roast. <laughs> that's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a heavy on the milk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, and, but on, um, I do, we do enjoy some flavored coffees sometimes. That's true. I love yeah. flavored coffee. So I think I, I am, I am pro flavored coffee over flavored creamer. Yes. But it has to be like, it has to be the kind of coffee that has a flavor cause it's brewed into it. Not because it's like a uh, syrup. Right. Yes. Is yeah. Like vanilla brewed coffee. Yes. Or whatever. What's what's the, the one that we have been enjoying? The um, amaretto. Amaretto. It is Ooh. so good. Can I share something though? This is something I've never shared before. Yes, please. <laughs> About three years ago, I discovered a way to make coffee. It's outstanding. We don't do it now because it adds up. But you make a cure a cup of coffee, right? Okay. Whatever flavor you want. Then you have an espresso machine next to it. You put a double shot of espresso in there. Ooh. You get that nice creamy texture. You put a little half and half, a little creamer, whatever you want. Delicious. So that's three cups of coffee in one. Yeah, it's it'll get you going. <laughs> you heard it'll it here. You, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> that's the first time I'm sharing this, guys. This is almost confidential. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know how we're secret, gonna follow this. <laughs> Is is put three cups of coffee in one, <laughs> and make sure you own two two pieces of equipment. That's right. 
Yep. <laughs> right. But, and, but it doesn't taste as good unless the espresso machine is next to the Keurig. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. And it has, right. You it have to be cool able down. to move it. Exactly. It has to move directly from the Keurig straight to the espresso straight machine. Down. I really hope your listeners are still here after that. <laughs> oh, they're here. Okay. They're here. They're invested in this. And oh, I want everybody to tag all of us when they have three <laughs> cups of coffee and then what they feel like at noon. So. Oh, yes. I know. You get so much done, let me tell you. I, well, so now we know your secret of why you're so productive. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm also frugal, so I don't do that again because espresso cups, they add up mm. on top of the Keurig. Okay, that's Now fair. it's just easy peasy, Keurig coffee, that's it. We save that for a special day <laughs> or a hard day. That's it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that. Okay, well, that was like maybe one of the best coffee answers I've had. Um, <laughs> so in your own words... So I'll like give people, you know, a little what you guys do in the intro, but I love hearing from you what you do and how you do it. And if you're, if you have like a cliff notes or if you have like a longer story, um, how you got to where you are now. Yeah. How much time do we have? <laughs> as it's, much as you need. Okay. It's funny because I've struggled with this because when you fill out doctor's forms and this, like what, what's your occupation? And in short, I always just put marketing because it's just, it's I feel like, like that's yeah. a good blanket statement for when you do a lot of content or creative or anything like that. Um, but I was also trying to, we were all trying to explain to the kids the other day, like what it we is were. we do. And it's really hard to sum it up because there's so many different things. I don't think that there's an actual name for it. What were mm. some of the things we were talking about? Gosh, we had so many, but can I tell you what I just put down on, I think I filled out for Cub Scouts for our, our boys. I filled out, I was like, what's your occupation? And I was like, oh, geez. So I recently quit my full-time job, which we'll get into. Yeah, sure. which we're going to get into. I was like, what do I label myself as now? And I came up with, it took me five minutes, but I came up with creator. That's the best I could do. Never heard of that one. No, before. I'm just creating things. <laughs> Did you have three cups of, co- of coffee? The I, might have. I might have. I might have. But okay. So before we get into the story, then I have to ask you because I feel this and I think uh, other people feel it. And it's not even like having trouble defining what you do. It's almost like I don't know if like embarrassing is the right word or like shame around it. And like, I don't know if it's something about putting down like self-employed or I don't know, but it's something that I struggled with probably until recently. And I've been doing this like 10 years, right? Like being self-employed, but it's, there's something that it's hard to declare what you do. Like you don't want to sound like, Oh, like, self-employed entrepreneur like you know um do you kind of have like baggage around that a hundred more so than yeah a hundred percent because a lot of what we do is influencing and I feel like when I say that out loud I should be grouped into a bunch of like 20 year olds (laughs) but I'm not that age and we have a family and we have a house and mortgage and all these things but like so when I say influencer I feel like there is kind of a stigma around it but, but it's also so much more than being an influencer and having that online social presence because 
we also are designers. We are um, contractors. We are Builders, yeah. bloggers. We are, you know, so many, so many different things. <clears throat> But a thousand percent, I think certain things that you say, there's kind of a little bit of stigma on or people still don't understand how you make money from that or what does that even mean? Or yeah, and we were saying, you know, we do a lot of um, we're we're consultants as well because we do that for clients as well. And so there's so many different things and also the stigma around the designer part for me in you, you know, speaking, I think we've talked about imposter syndrome before, but Um, that for me, for the designer hat was probably one of my biggest struggles because I don't have a degree. Neither of us have a degree in that. Um, however, we are creating, you know, interior designs and we have clients and things like that, but still on a, on a rainy day, I still kind of feel a little bit of imposter syndrome there. So, um, my assignment for you, because now I'm giving you assignments is like, don't put marketing like own it. Like I really do. I think even though like you guys don't need my advice, like you're doing so well, but I feel like there's also like a power that comes with owning it. Like, and you don't have to put like influencer. Right. But like, think I, I feel like it's important to think about like, what do you really do? Right. And you are like, you're a designer. You're like this multifaceted humans. (laughs) And, um, I like really struggled with that for a long time because it's like, oh, I do this. Like, I mean, you guys know my story, like finance, bakery, and now it's like perfume and candles and I'm getting into skincare and it's like, who am I to do that? But, um, what's, what's your, what's your word, Christina, when you put, fill out, you know, I literally just put self-employed. I might take that. Although I I might, I've just thought of one that I'm going to start putting on, um, our sheets and that's creator. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of that one. Do you, do you want to expand on that? I just thought of it. But actually, yeah. that's like one of the things that we did talk about earlier that um, John and I were talking about that, you know, content creator is actually, that kind of embodies a lot of what we do on a social, on the blog, yeah. on, even from a designer standpoint. So you might be on to something, John. Thank you. We might have to start just putting creator creating content creators creating designs yeah creating content you do like yeah you're creating like you're bringing and putting a lot out into the world and i think um like you said there is for some reason like this stigma against like finding a job on social media but like how the heck else are you going to do it these days like if you don't have a social media, I personally think that like Instagram, especially it's like, if you don't have an Instagram, then people just like automatically assume you're not real. It's like a business card now, right? Like it's your front facing. Um, and I think there's a lot of value to that. And I want to get into your guys' Instagram because it is like, you guys exploded really fast. Um, okay. So, okay. So back to the original question, your creators, and you do design, <laughs> contracting, social media. So everything is in-house between you two. Yes. I, we do have some people that help us with uh, bookkeeping, account, mm, yeah. accounting. Um, that's important. Yes. Because yeah. we, yeah, it, that's There's just some things people can do better. Yes. A hundred percent. 100%. So other than that, it currently is just the two of us 
However, I, I think we're ready to maybe expand a little bit and um, we've been looking at, you know, agencies to work with to help us mm-hmm. kind of strategize and grow because you're at a point where like you start to, you need to start to delegate in order to yeah. grow. And I think we're kind of at that point where um, in order to take it to the next level and continue to grow, we, we just, yeah, we have to delegate because I think one of the biggest things we struggle with, and I know we'll probably talk about this later, or we can start talking about it now, <laughs> but one of the biggest things, you know, we struggle with is bandwidth. You know, mm-hmm. there are so many different facets of what we do that are we using our time wisely? Are we, um, you know, should, how much of our time should we spend on social versus the blog versus our design clients versus, um, you know, one thing we hadn't mentioned yet is John also has another business called Focus SketchUp, where he teaches mm-hmm. students <clears throat> how to create these interior design renders. And so there's also, you know, working on creating the courses and marketing the courses and um, support for the students and continuing to grow that part as well. So there's um, a lot of things. And then, oh my, oh, no, I was just going to say, like, you guys have a ton going on. <laughs> so the, the moral of the story is we're, you know, I think we're finally at that place where we have to start delegating. I think it's hard, you know, I think what's difficult about taking that leap is we've already, I think, <laughs> what is it that I'm trying to say? We did, we took that huge step from being, you know, a full-time salary, guaranteed salary, all that to being self-employed. And I feel like we're kind of at that part again, where it's like, mm, we kind of need to take a leap of faith and, you know, start to pay others. And that's going to yeah be taken out of our, you know, income and stuff. But in order to grow, you just have to make those, you have to make those sacrifices and you have to make those, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's hard choices. Hard choices. Thank you, know? you, John. You made it. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm looking for. And I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> You're done here. No, Thank no, you. Risks. I was going to say risks. Yes. So like having to take those risks. Um, so that's kind of where we're kind of back at that at that step again. But I think it's a necessary necessary evil. Yeah. yeah. And time is really tough for us. I, sorry if you can hear our, our landscapers outside. Of course, I they can come when we're doing this. Um, yes. I think time is really our biggest obstacle because there's there's a strategy, there's long-term goals we have, you know, where we want to go five, 10 years, but then there's also short-term where we got to pay the bills and we have to do things to make money now. So that struggle is real. Yeah. And it's, and I agree on all counts and something that I've like really, really learned over. So when I like had the bakery, I tried to do everything myself. And with Orchid and Ash, um, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever heard from somebody else that I know that like has grown this amazing business is she's like, I focus on my zone of genius and like my business is centered around what I know how to do. And she goes, and then there's other things that somebody else can always do better than me. And when you take that risk or like that leap of faith and call those people in, then you start to see like this exponential growth because they're doing things that you don't have the bandwidth to do. And 
um, they're just doing it because they're focusing all that's their zone of genius. Right. So like, instead of having one zone of genius and like spreading yourself over a million things, you now have like 10 people all working in their zone of genius. And, um, not that you need me to tell you that, but no. it's like one of my favorite pieces of advice. Cause I'm always like, like right now I just hired a copywriter for like web stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've been so resistant on that because I'm like, I can write, you know, but like, I am not fluent in like the SEO and the, this and how to get that on a product website. So it's like, you know what? It's worth the investment. Just like, yes, I can put words on a page but somebody can put words on a page that ranks me on Google yeah. and I don't know how to do that, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, I, yeah, for us, I hear you on that. Totally agree on that. For us, it's a little challenging too, because a lot of what we do and the content we create, it's very specific to us in our style and having someone else do that or try to do that in a way just feels inauthentic, inauthentic. and we want to be in, in control of that. Right. So we have to be very careful about what we outsource. I know we struggle with that for you know blog posts or for video stuff because mm. a lot of times you know you might hire someone, but then they don't do it right, and you have to go back revision after revision, and then it's a mess. But it's a necessary evil, and I think yeah, what's what's amazing is when you find the right person to help you out and understand your vision, That's and you kind of have to train them up on it as well. And there's still things that you can do and topics you can cover and have the final say or approval before things go live. And I think you kind of just finally have to be okay with that because you're not yeah. going to grow if, if you don't. I'm, I am a type A person. So being like having to give, we did actually, well, a couple of months ago, start, uh, you know, working with someone who's helping us on the affiliate front and some Pinterest stuff mm. as well. Um, you may know her. She's a, a childhood friend of ours, <laughs> but she, um, she, so she's been helping us like on a very small part-time basis. Cause she also works full-time, but you know, in the beginning I was like, okay, what can I have her do? Because I do this and I do this and I do that. And I'm like, I don't have to be doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so just being okay with, you know, and trusting that they're going to do a good job and, and, it's worked out well for us so far. So we're happy, happy she's on the team. But um, I think that's been like the biggest growth for me is, is being able to delegate and do things like that. And like, let go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cause I've yeah. never, you know, had to really do that before, but it's just, again, it has to be done to grow. And it's so hard when you're like a perfectionist. I remember when I like started letting people bake cakes and cupcakes at the bakery, I'd like look at their icing and I like would have to leave. But I'm like, but I knew like I had to do it. I had to do it because that was the only way I was ever going to get any resemblance of freedom. Yeah. You know, like you have to do it. Um, So like backtracking a little bit for you guys. So you're like hitting all these growing pains now, but this really started as like a social media, like fun thing. Yeah. Yes. Like just kind of, was it during COVID? It, it was actually right before. And I guess it kind of worked out that we were, we were home a lot during. Oh, yeah. Um, Cause I want to say that we launched the Arch Manor social media account in January of 2020. Oh yeah, right. Before. I know the business was officially formed February second. Okay, 
tube. So there was always an intention to make this like a business. That's that's John's. That's what he brings out in me is he is very much the. <laughs> it took years of convincing. <laughs> well, years. really, I thought you guys just like started it and it like. <laughs> no, I just. Shame on know, me. I should have known better. <laughs> I probably don't. In the beginning, I did not have that. Um, entrepreneurial spirit that John had and like wanting to be self-employed and all this. I love, I'm not a risk taker. I also love a good safety net. And at the time I was also just trying to work full time and then also take care of our kids and, and do all that, that like the idea of taking this on. And also it's a blessing and a curse. I have this mindset where if I'm going to launch this, I want to be consistent with it. And I want it to be look super good. And I want it to like, you know, look like the people who've been doing it for 10 years and that's yeah, just not, not practical it. and it's not realistic. Yeah. And what I found is every time we launch something new or try something new, um, the first iterations are not our subpar, <laughs> but it like, if you consistently do it, like it gets easier and they get better. And I think the, best example right now is, is reels. I did not want to hop on the Instagram reel bus, but now that we do it more often, I like, it's is much easier to do. And you kind of create a formula and you realize what people like. And, and I also have a feeling that now that we've, I, I'm not going to say mastered it, but like now that we've gotten the hang of it, it's about to change probably. <laughs> so, Oh yeah. <laughs> you can't get too comfortable on social. Never, never. But it's, it's definitely, um, I think that's another big, you know, growth for me in particular was just being able to get out of my comfort zone a little bit and, um, understand that it's not going to be the studio McGee or, or, you know, Joanna Gaines. But it kind of is. Like, I think you're just the hardest on yourself. So, okay. So you started this with the intention of it doing what it's done. Um, not, not to the extent of where we're at. Because you guys started in 2020 and now, so you started at 2020, brand new account. And now you guys are like over a hundred thousand followers. And I know you were saying before, like, you know, there's stigma with the word influencer and stuff, but it's that following that gives you the power to be able to like work like this. Yes. Yeah. And we should, I guess, back up a little bit too, is that our passion, both of our passions, you know, are building and design. So if mm-hmm. we've done that for, since we met really mm-hmm. in our apartment in our first house, you know, we would take on a project, we would do it ourselves. And that's what kind of brought us together. And so when we bought this house, this was a project house. Um, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, well, we have all, all this work to do. Why don't we document this and share it and kind of build this business around our passion? And also it holds our, it, it holds us accountable for the projects that we said we were going to do and oh, making yeah. sure that we complete them. Because <laughs> people are like, um, where's the bathroom you said you were doing? I'm like yeah, exactly. waiting on the tile choices. <laughs> I should probably start sharing some fitness goals. Maybe that'll <laughs> be accountable. <laughs> Oh man. But I mean, I guess, and I don't know if we've actually even fully answered the question that you originally asked, but we, I don't think we have, but we've covered a lot. Coffee, how we take our coffee. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've nailed that one. But we, um, we started the, the, you know, arched manor, arched manor in 2020. And, um, 
it was both like a good time, but also a chaotic time because we were both working full time. And now our, our kids were young, um, both in pre-K. So they were at home with us for a good <laughs> portion. So trying to like launch this thing with the mindset, I've, I've got to get it perfect, but also working, but also parenting and all these things. However, doing Arched Manor, the social and the projects didn't feel like work for us because we enjoyed it so much. And I think we started to take notice of that. And I think, you know, people ask us now that we're doing this, like, is it, you know, are you so happy? Yes. Is it stressful? Absolutely. But it's so much more, it's a different type of stress than when we were working for other people. Um, because it's more of like, okay, bandwidth, are we spending our time wisely? Like, should we focus on this and building strategy and, all of that and the risks involved, but, um, it's not like, Oh, I don't want to be on this zoom call or I don't, you know, want to be in meetings or go to the office or do these things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a different kind of work, a different kind of busy. Cause if you look at our, our schedule each day, you say, wow, you guys work all the time. But yeah. in reality, like it's not work for us because we enjoy doing most of it. Yeah. Which is big. And you know, the yeah. corporate life you've, you've been there, you know, it's, a very different type of work and it's not your own. So when, when you're doing it- And you're it, worried about, yeah, other people. Yeah, and, and the stress is there. So I much prefer this stress over that corporate stress for sure. 100%. So what was the, Megan quit her job first. Yes. And then John, you just recently quit your job. What was like the deciding factor of, because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. It's like, okay- there's all the advice of once you have like six months in savings or once you have this, or for me, it's always been, okay, I don't have to have a separate job once I'm so busy that I physically cannot do both. Like that's always been my measure. Um, how did you guys like kind of decide? Cause you had a little more, I guess, like um, leniency. Cause there's two of you that were working. <laughs> right. So yeah. But then it's harder when the second one jumps off. Yeah, I had a the, brown paper bag ready for some hyperventilating when John when John did. <laughs> um, no, for me, since I quit my full time job first, I had gotten to a point, you know, and the company was at a point where there was some overturn and, you know, just not happy, and so I actually left that job, and I actually started working for. Um, a marketing consultation firm and, and was put on a project, a short-term part-time project um, as a senior marketing role and did that for three or four months, I think was my contract. And um, it was going well and everything. And they offered me a full-time position, but I was like, is it, we, we had a lot of conversations. I'm like, I, while I can do the job well, there were all those stressors of, you know, I'm type A, so like I want to perform well. And I was working a lot and around the clock. And not only did I not enjoy it, like I love marketing, but I don't, I, you know, I just wasn't passionate about the products I was marketing and things like that. Mm-hmm. And also with having our kids, like I wasn't loving the lack of flexibility. I really wanted to be there when the kids got off the bus and I didn't want to have to send them into after school care and things like that. Um, And so we just had a lot of conversations and um, 
we were making enough and we had been saving enough because we had been working on Arch Manor. And I, there's, um, he had his sweater business. That's, you know, we don't have to even, that's for another podcast. And then I yeah. had photography as well. So my dad been, still wears that suit, by the way, yeah. <laughs> every Christmas. Love it. <laughs> I love it. And so between Arch Manor, sweater company, my photography, we had like saved up some money. Um, yeah. So we were just like, we have to take this, leap of faith and so um I and then but like I gotta tell you like I struggled telling someone that I wasn't gonna like take on this full-time role <laughs> like I'm really bad about that stuff so it was hard for me to do I felt a lot of guilt and everything because I don't like letting people down but um which is a really great personality trait to have when you're when you have a social presence <laughs> because <laughs> because people are are very uh opinionated online but um oh I bet but so we just that's when we decided you know I had I had a role I could go to but it's now or never you know I want to start enjoying what I'm doing and also we just wanted to be more present for the kids and things like that so that's kind of when when I took it on and um it definitely like lights a fire under you though like you oh yeah you know you you have to make it work exactly like yeah. You know, I always tracked in my previous marketing role, you know, what my campaigns were bringing in and this and that. But like, it's also just, you only care so much. <laughs> but once it's yeah. like what you're doing, it's you're like, you you celebrate getting 10 cents in the door. Like oh. I, it's so exciting just to see pennies come in. Like, I mean, it feels so good. And then, you know, the more that you see, you start to... um you know, it just drives you that much more and you want to grow and, you know, you, it feels that much yeah. better than it did when you're working for someone else. So kind of a little, a little bit of a fire. And then fast forward to two months ago and John. Before we dive in that, that deep end, do yes. you, it's a little test. Do you remember what the first product was that we sold as an affiliate? Do you? I do. Oh no. Can you tell me what store it was from? <laughs> uh, I think it was Amazon. Oh, was it those little green set of little three green plants? That's it. <laughs> I don't know how that's I it. Know that. But that's see, that's a, it's like a really important thing, right? Because it it's like, oh my God, and you probably got what, like a dollar fifty from it yeah. or something? We were so excited. We're like, this is amazing. I, you know, it might have even been like fifteen cents. <laughs> I, I think it was a family member too that bought it. <laughs> I think it was. Dude, the okay. Okay, I need to back up too again. Megan and John were my first customers when I had my bakery. Like yeah. bought some I'm bootleg ass cupcakes when I was yeah, like bootleg ass cupcakes that I made out of my apartment before I even like had the shop. So the thing about that is it is the family though. It's the family and the friends that are like there to support you that give you, whether it's like a false sense of I can do this or that sense you need of I can do this because you need to have a confidence somewhere you know, and sometimes in the beginning, it's like delusional confidence, but <laughs> I swear it's the people that from the very beginning that are the most important in you keeping going because nobody else knows you're doing like an affiliate thing on Amazon or like, you know, not a lot of people are seeing that link. So um, the people that are seeing it will literally forever hold like a special place. Uh, absolutely. You know? 
I will never forget that you guys were my first customer. <laughs> and it was so delicious that we were a reoccurring customer. You Your were. red velvet cupcakes I still dream about. Oh, I have God. not found R. one R. that even compares to it. So I'll good. Have well, to we make have you the some. cookbook. We need to. I know. Uh, we do. But we it's need... not the same. I know. You know? I know. Me same. baking it is not the same. It might be. <laughs> Maybe I did a really, really good job on that cookbook and it will come out identical uh I'm maybe gonna, i'm gonna pull that one out we're gonna we're yeah gonna, maybe your next birthday yeah report back <laughs> so um but yeah i think i think it's so special when people just support you even when it's like not even a huge thing but it means so much because it's like that first dose it's like addicting too it, it it's is. like that first dose of like holy shit i can do this yes a hundred percent I was going to say also like, you know, when we're on social and we have stories and, you know, or in emails, we have a newsletter, we'll say, you know, thank you so much for all of your support and encouragement because you have no idea how, you know, everything that you do, whether it's engagement even, or you actually click on our links and purchase products that we recommend, all of that goes a hard way, you know, goes such a long way. And and I hear other influencers or people say it as well. And you're like, oh, that's nice. But like, I feel like until you're in that seat, like you don't fully understand that how much yeah. little actions of liking or commenting or saving or subscribing or purchasing can, can the, the impact that that makes. It's the only reason that we can continue to exist. Yes. Like, uh, period. It's the only, without that, we would be talking to thin air um, <laughs> and not making any money. So it's it's important. Um, but before we get too far away, I want to hear, John, what was the uh, point for you? Because that was the last, even though Arch Manor was making money, that was the last like paycheck, right? Like consistent paycheck that you guys were getting. So at what point were you like, all right, I have to do this. I have to quit. Yeah. My story is an interesting one. So I guess I'll, I'll back up that when I graduated college, I got a job and I was at that job for 18 years until oh my recently. God. So not only did I have to leave my job, but it was one I was there forever and had a good group of people there. Um, it was just it's just like a good job to have, I guess, you know, very comfortable. But yeah. in the past two years, I found that I really wasn't liking it. Mm. So we lost a couple of contracts. So my role was kind of, you know, up in water as far as what do I do? What am I responsible for? And, you know, I was ma managing people, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of. I'm a creator. Let's not forget, guys. <laughs> yeah, <I'm a> <laughs> let's not forget. <clears throat> not a manager. <laughs> So I was in this kind of weird place where, you know, I needed the, the paycheck and, you know, I needed that job, but at the same time, my passion was not there. It was in Arch Manor and Focus Sketching. Yeah. So making that switch was something, you know, it took months and months and months to actually say, yes, let's do it. Yeah. It was kind of a timing thing too with my work, just the way um, our contracts were going, we were moving offices, you know, it was kind of a good time for me to leave there. So I hopped on that. However, for Arch Manor, you know, I wish I could say, oh yeah, we waited until we had this much in the bank and it's going to be an easy, mm -hmm. nice cushion. 
and that's not the case at all. Like it was, we're taking a leap of faith here saying, Hey, I hope this works. Cause if it doesn't, there's no backup plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Like this is the back, this is plan A, B and C. Like (laughs) we've cut all, all other, uh, ties that would keep us floating. Yeah. So we're, we're all in all the chips are on the table, but I love we're that. working all the time, but we're, we're loving it because it's ours. Yeah. Yes. It's such a different feeling. And like you were saying before, like even when I was like stressed to the max at the bakery and like this, what I'm doing now, I feel like I learned and I'm sure John, maybe you can relate to this when you had the other company too. It's like you learn what works and what doesn't. And you try when you're doing the next thing to like weed out the sources of stress and unhappiness and to do it better the next time. Um, But I mean, there's times I wake up at two in the morning and I'm like, Oh my God, I have to do this, 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 and this, and this, because you're really working from like the minute you wake up till the minute you go to sleep. And then like in your dreams, sometimes you dream about it too. Um, But the fulfillment that comes from it, it's a different type of stress. It's like, you're thinking about it, but you're not as worried. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Um, But to your point of what you said about like your job, not making you fulfilled and happy anymore. I don't know like how into energetics you guys are. Um, But the energetics of that is really fascinating too, that a job that you've been with for two decades almost started to change for you when this other thing that you really loved like presented itself and as somebody that like believes in you know the energetics of the universe um like I don't think that's an accident either of like this is what you should be doing yeah and I think uh to go to that that point I think it's really important that you need to focus on your passion you need to find out what your passion is in life and then work around that um there was a, someone that spoke at my graduation. I'm not sure if it was high school or college. Usually I, I know nothing about what those people said, but this, this stuck <laughs> with me where she was like, do what you're passionate about and the money will come. Yes. And now like where I'm at now, I see that that was really good advice at the time. You're like, oh, okay, okay. I'm just going to go to the high paying job. You know, that's going right. to make me happy. Like, so cliche. Right. But then you start working that job and you know, it starts to, to grind on you and day after day of not doing what you love or the job changes or you change, if you're centered around your passion, like you're always going to have that as a rock. So I think that's really important as you go through life is just, you need to always center your decisions around your passion. Cause I know for us, we've talked about, well, Hey, this is a trend or we we could make some quick money if we launch this or do that. But then you're really good about being like, John, you know, that is a way to make money, but it's a lot of work and it's not something that we're passionate about. So like staying pulled into that, I think is key for us. Yeah. There's been a lot of business opportunities or ideas that we've come up with, but like thinking to long-term 10 year plan or whatever, is that what we want to be doing? And the core is we want to be continuing to be doing projects in our house and document, documenting and designing it. That was why we started. And that's what we enjoy doing the most out of all the things. And so does it align with that? Or is it taking time away from that? Because that's, truly what we want to build. So just keeping a focus on that. But I will say when John, you know, told me that he wanted to leave, I was, I was nervous because 
you know, where we are now. We we purchased our current home, the Arched Manor, as it's naturally mm-hmm. called, um, with two full-time salaries. And now we're both self-employed. And that was really, really scary for me. But I would also be the world's biggest hypocrite if I was like, no, you keep doing what you don't enjoy doing because it brings in, you know, because uh, then I get to love my life. <laughs> exactly. But, like I am thriving. Yeah, no. <laughs> like I'm, I'm glowing. I'm doing a good job. But like, yeah. You. <laughs> but I just, you know, but I saw him. Like I know, you know what what definitely makes him excited and things like that. And I just know that he was feeling he was. His energy, if we want to talk about energies, his energy was just depleted. And he yeah. was, you know, from a creativity standpoint, he's always been creative as well. It, it, the ideas he were he was coming up with were pretty subpar. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I knew that it was, it was something that he had to do. And if that means, you know, making tough decisions and sacrifices down the road, then I think that that's necessary because you know, I, I know how much I enjoy being able to do what I enjoy doing. So, you know, and he has shown me time and time again that he is, can deliver and has ideas and build things. So there was, there was some, still some confidence there. I don't, want, I, and I very much believe in him, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, can, can we cut that mushiness out? No. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm just going to like, let you guys have your moment here. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that being said, like we're, we're like in such a good place the past two months, we've been busier than ever. It's so crazy. Cause we're like, okay, you know, he gave his, his work three weeks notice and we're like, okay, we're going to have time for this. And we're going to do this. And we're, that's not the case at all. Like, I don't know where that time has gone, but like, we are just busier than ever. And which it, is amazing. Um, it, it, yeah, it is amazing. It is amazing. But it's at that point where it's like, are we, but are we spending our time wisely? That's like what we're constantly yeah. thinking about. Like, is this what we should be doing? And, and almost having to kind of create a schedule. And I always say I'm going to time block and I still need to do that. Maybe it's I'll, hard. maybe I'll uh, put this out there. Maybe this will hold me accountable saying I'm going to start yes. time blocking. She bought this Amazon clock thing. <laughs> I can't, I still can't believe she bought this thing, but she bought this like time block cube. Like you hit and it blocks out time. I was like, why are you buying this? You have an iPhone. Yeah, he won't you can do a timer. Me. Like what? Come on. he won't let me forget this. She has never used it. Let's just put that out there. Because that you... is so funny. <laughs> because I was like, listen, I can just put it on the 15 minute side and I'm going to do this for 15 minutes. He's like, why don't you just time it? I'm like the same reason I still love using a paper planner, John, like this is just how my brain works. <laughs> and I need yeah. to write things down. I need physical, tangible. John is all about, you know, using software and, and your Google calendar and, and this and that. And I'm like, ah, I'm slowly getting there, but yeah, give me all the checklists with a pen or a mechanical pencil. And I'm a happy girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I need it like on paper, but, um, it's also really hard to do when, your week is like so different week to week. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you guys are like struggling with that too. Cause like for me, it's like, okay, some weeks are a little slower so I can like heavy load, uh, meetings and, you know, design stuff or like things that I'm doing. But then other weeks it's I'm so slammed, like, and I'm literally up 
pouring, packing, labeling from I start at like seven in the morning and I don't finish till like six. And then there's no room for anything that day, even if I did time block it out. Yeah. So that's like a hard thing to navigate too, like trying to figure out a cadence when there really is no cadence. That's a thousand percent true. I think our minds, probably yours too, we we want to have this this structured week where things are blocked off and everything is organized and everything's smooth. Yeah. But in this line of work, you're you have so many hats that you're wearing that you just can't do that. Things pop up mm-hmm. here, there's fires to put out over here, and there's there's no way that we found to get a structured schedule. And we just have to accept that. Yeah, it's like it's just part of it. So um you guys started with the social media account and then you had said that a lot of the income comes from like influencing, but then you also do design and then you also have SketchUp and you also, um, if you had to like break down how that just for like, cause I think a lot of people really want to monetize and utilize their social media. Um, and I'd love to get into like how did you guys grow that account so fast and did you rely more heavily on affiliate income then and now that you have an audience you have customers by default clients um because i think a lot of people start their social media accounts hoping that they can get to where you are but then it's like roadblock roadblock i have my opinion on why i think your account got big. And I, like you said, I think a lot of people are here for you guys because <laughs> I mean, your personalities are just like so fun. Um, but I'm sure there was like strategy behind that too. Yes. Yes. And no. So I think speaking to the influencer social media part first, you know, we, we did grow quickly, which is great. Um, however, we have found too, that it's not always about the number of followers you have, but your engagement rate, how engaged of an audience do you have? Because if you're sharing products, but not that many people are tuning in, even though you have that audience, that is not that it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I think just even focusing on engagement over following and, you know, something that we haven't even touched on yet, which I guess I'll go into for the influencer side of things. is um, we also do a lot of brand collaborations. And so, um, you know, a lot of brands now look at your engagement rate over your follower count because I think that that matters more. So, you know, for anyone starting or um, wanting to, or feeling like imposter syndrome or anything like that because their follower count isn't as high, focus on the, and how to up your engagement rate Cause that's something yeah. that is on my mind right now. I and mean, we're not trying to focus as much on growing our followers, but more so our engagement rate. So like nurturing because yes. uh-huh. they're there for you guys. Like they're there for a reason. Right. And I find on this, like every conversation I have with people that have some type of business, it always comes back to like, what value am I adding to their life and how authentic am I being to myself? Because that's like what people want, you know, like they want, they're there for you and the value that you can add to their life. A thousand percent. (laughs) So for us, I think too, it's just, um, 
I think you have to be consistent. And I think that that's the hardest part of being on Instagram or any social today is that, you know, it was very different than when it was five years ago. You know, there's a lot of saturation and to get heard or get seen a lot of times consistency and a little bit of luck is what, what you need. Um, Cause well, in our growth, like we've, we've had periods where we were at the same follower count for months, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden in two weeks, you know, we gain a crazy amount of followers for no apparent reason. Yeah. So like the algorithms change, we can't control that. But I think for us just being consistent and kind of staying on top of the trends has been a game changer for us. And in yeah. and, and full disclosure too, I mean, a lot of our growth came from specific videos that were, were part of our renovations. And I think that mm-hmm. those things have driven a lot of our followers. And again, another reason why we want to make sure that's the core of what we do is because that's why yeah. majority of our audience started following us. But so we have that and it's we kind of like are a blend between sharing renovations and DIYs, but also that interior design and sharing some of our favorite furniture and home decor and things like that, because um, that's where the affiliate money comes in. And, you know, we talk about making money now versus making money in the future and affiliate money kind of helps you make money now. Um, Not to mention, like, I actually really enjoy putting together the mood boards and, recommending products because it's like window shopping online. I'm like, man, like I can't afford this now, or this wouldn't work in my home or anything like that. But like, I would love to share it. Like I love it so much. And so just being able to share that, like brings me so much joy. It's so silly. And also like, it's not silly though, because that's like what lights you up. And I would love to talk about like, okay, we've gone over the social stuff, but you guys have this like whole business behind it. And it's like, I feel like you keep selling yourself short on like (laughs) the ability that you have for design. And I also have a question about what are you guys going to do when you run out of house to, to renovate? Do you have to get another one there or do you just like add things on? (laughs) Cause I always wonder that I'm like, Oh my God, they have another room. And I'm like, what are they going to do when they run out of space? But that's kind of all encapsulated in the true like business aspect of what you guys are doing. And I think Megan, you need to stop selling yourself short because you are very talented in <laughs> decorating and like, look what you guys have created from a, like a fixer upper, right? Like, thank you. Didn't come out of nowhere. I know I do. Like, I do think that um, we've like paired really well together. I mean, we love each other for other things other than like our contracting and yeah. design, but but um, like it, it happened that it works really well because I think that I am able to envision a lot of a lot of spaces and and John has good design sense too. So okay. I don't want to sell sell him short. Yeah. Um, so John, you do like all the contracting part, right? Like you do like the floors and the molding, and I've seen you like you know knocking stuff down and on the ladders and. I love a good project. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of the actual building process, although. Megan has started to do some as well. I have. I have. Training. (laughs) I know. Well, we've just been so busy. It's the point of like, in order to continue creating content and projects, like John just does not have the bandwidth, but I want to keep going. And also I do want to learn because you start to feel like you're a more credible source when you talk about this. And also you, I have appreciated what John has like been able to build so much more because I've done it all or some of it myself yeah, now that like amazing 
your appreciation definitely, you know, is, is risen. But um, I think from the business, so that's kind of the core and why we started was wanting to create these designs. And then we started supplementing it with affiliates. And then we try to focus. And this is one of the things where I'm like, I need to start delegating is because in order to grow, we, and also to answer your question, Christina, there's a, there's a lot of spaces in this house that we have not shown that could use a little TLC. So nice. we've, got, so we've got some We've got time. years of content ahead of you. And by the time we're done the with it manner. all, so, many, so much of it will probably have to be remodeled. So <laughs> Trend um, will be out. Time for a new new kitchen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, you know, like, I mean, our dog has done a number on our, of our, on our floors. So we, Oh, your that. floors are so pretty too. That's oh my so sad. goodness. But, um, you know, we, in order to grow and delegate and focus in on what we want to do, which is these renovations and designs and things like that, we have to make money from it. And so mm-hmm. finding an agency who can say, okay, let's say we want to work on our son's bedroom next okay, let's, can I, I have a marketing background, but like, I am not very good at pitching to brands because that's another way to make money on, on uh, sponsoring some of our projects. And so, okay, we want to work, we want to work with, you know, on, on our son's room next. Okay. Well, let's reach out to paint companies or furniture companies or, um, you know, bedding companies or rug companies, or even like, you know, a window cleaning, you know, solution, or it's like, this is how we clean, you know, or something like that, clean the windows in our son's bedroom that we just finished. But like, there's so many, so many different brands that you could work with on projects that like DIYers Mm -hmm. do and things like that. So that's where we have to start to delegate because it's hard. It takes so much time to think of who you're going to pitch to, gather all the information and then pitch it. And all that information being like, here's our audience, here's our demographics, here's our engagement rates. And here is why we think it would benefit you in order to work with us. And there's so much time that's put into that. um, And I'm not great at it. (laughs) So, or it's not that I'm not great at it. It's just the bandwidth. And so I think it's just like one more thing. Exactly. But it's an important thing. And like, that's, you know, going back to the conversations of the core of our business and where we want to grow is, is that side of things. And so working with brands and collaborations can, can really support that side of business. So from an arch manor standpoint, like the making money now is really kind of affiliates and, um, and also those brand collaborations. And then we also have design clients, um, which we can touch on in a minute, but that's kind of the, the now, but then there's the long-term, which John mentioned earlier. And a lot of that is your evergreen content. And so I think we talked a lot about social, but what's so important as well is having a blog and having yeah. a newsletter and owning your own audience because you don't own the minute Instagram is gone. (laughs) Exactly. And so we're all screwed. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's you talked about waking up at 2am at night. Like that's it for me. Yeah. It's like Instagram is down for 45 minutes and it's like a full on. I I, seriously, it's true though. And everyone starts their blog at that time. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, Like, Oh, got to get that opt-in for my email list. Exactly. So, I mean, I always say to start with your blog, create a newsletter, but also, you know, we've 
we started last year creating a YouTube account because that's tied to Google. And so your blogs and your YouTube video content will be there for forever. Like I feel like Instagram mm. and Facebook and all these things are so short term, but if 24 we, hour life they have. Exactly. Social media has like, they say count on your social having a 24 hour per post, which is why it's so exhausting. It's exactly, I know, but, but it's also, I mean, it's important, but yeah, it's just, it can be, yeah. it can be very depleting That's, sometimes. That's such a good point. Like having your content elsewhere on the internet that it will just like live forever. Yeah. And, and, and there's way to, ways to monetize it as well. So long-term is we've started some of our blogs, on our projects and other things have started to rank and same with our videos are getting views and there's ad money that you can get there. That's mm -hmm. just supplemental to everything else that you do. But if you continue to grow that content, it's much more evergreen and, um, long-term like that can be, if you continue to grow it enough, that can just be a monthly revenue that you get. And so, you know, John in the very beginning said, you know, trying to strategize, focusing on making money now, but also long-term goals. And that's been for Arch Manor, the toughest balancing act for us. It's like, you know, writing yeah. blogs takes a lot. Like you said, <laughs> the copywriter, like it's not my favorite thing to do, but it's so important and documenting things and all that. Um, yeah. Because, but that's going to be so important, you know, even two years from now, because that's going to be bringing in revenue. So it's still committed You're time. Yeah, that. you're so in like building the foundation. I, I heard something a couple of days ago that kind of relates to what we're talking about. It's like when you're starting a business or starting a new social, whatever it is, it's like starting a steam engine, right? It takes so much energy mm -hmm. to get that steam engine to actually start moving. You burn so much fuel. But once it's moving, yeah. you've got momentum. And like down the road, hopefully all of this energy we're putting in, you know, it'll be moving down the, the rails nicely in a couple of years, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Like you have to be willing to like upfront just the sacrifice and like the exhausting everything that you can exhaust. Um, like I'm feeling that in my stage right now too. Um, and I do remember what I was going to ask all these things that you've like touched on. Have you literally, I know you have a, a marketing background and John, you have like a business and marketing all under your belt too. But have you learned most of this in the last three years and like kind of learned how to piece puzzle that together? Because I think to anybody listening that like wants to start or is in baby stages, it's like, holy shit, that's really overwhelming. <laughs> Cause it's a lot of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like asking about social, but then you're like, no, there's, there's all these other, you're looking at like 12 income streams that make up the one thing. So have you like learned all this in the last, a lot of it? Uh, a lot of it. Years? I mean, I did have, I, you know, from a blog standpoint, website standpoint, I had some history there and some experience. Um, but again, it's you, there's knowledge that you have but you don't actually put it to use until you're doing it. That's, that's something that benefits your income is when you're like, let yeah. me really hone in on this and truly understand it because you don't want to waste time. And um, you now realize the importance. Like I could write 
blogs for, you know, the old marketing role I was on for a B2B company, but like <laughs> until you're writing them, you're like, okay, are these SEO words accurate? And did I put um, tags on my images? And did I, there is, it is overwhelming. Um, yeah, and I like all that to say, like, start with one thing at a time. And I don't want, to, because we're talking about, you know, we've been doing this for three years. We do have some history. I don't ever want to deter someone from being like, okay, that's too much for me. Because like, once you find what it is that you really enjoy, it's worth it so much to, to put yeah. in all the time and effort and also start small and just start just start. Yeah. Be consistent. And then you'll continue to grow. It's like I mentioned earlier where I was nervous to start Arched Manor because I had an, an I had the Studio McGee in my mind and I had these things and I had to be at that level. But like, that's don't ever feel like that. Just start somewhere and, you know, and hone in, like you said. While we're like, you know, we've quoted so many things that we've heard. My other favorite piece of advice that I've ever gotten is if you are, it's not I've ever gotten, but as somebody said it and it's like lives on the internet somewhere. Um, and then I heard it from someone else. But if you're not embarrassed by the first thing you put out, you waited too long to start. Yes. <laughs> and I live by that because I've started as like, everyone knows I've started so many things and then it's like, okay, I fix it down the road, but I just had to like, I had to start by putting the candles in the Mason jars or like whatever I was doing. I had to start baking the cupcakes out of my house. Um, because like you said that just starting, there's so much power in it. And then once you start going, the momentum just kind of like finds you and you learn about the SEO and you learn about the YouTube and you learn about the, you know, building a client list that all comes, but you can't think about it before you start. You just have to like, let it guide you there. Yes. And that's, and that too is like where, and, and networking too, like, oh, do you have a video editor that you use and, and reaching out and do not be ashamed to ask like, oh my goodness, you partnered with them. Do you have a contact, you know, a, a contact that you worked with that I could reach out to and, I mean, the worst that they're going to say is no, or I can't share it or, you know, no, thank you. And then you're like, okay, that's, you know, whatever, but, um, moving on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, I think, yeah, don't be, don't be afraid to, to ask for help and to delegate, which is where we are now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of also like You're going to the, the gym, right? People just want to go to the gym, lift one set of weights and be super strong. It, it just doesn't work that yeah. way. So yeah. you have to put in the reps constantly. And I think a lot of people struggle in this industry where they may be gung ho for a week or two on social media. And they're like, Oh man, this is a real grind. And I'm not, I'm putting out all this effort to post something that three people are going to see. Yeah. And I get it's, it. Cause that's very frustrating. We've been there, but yeah. just the consistency and putting in the reps and kind of making the commitment, even though you're not getting those short-term gains, you know, hopefully long-term it's going to pay off. Yeah. And I think it, it's really easy to have the misconception too. Like, I know a few people um, like in my personal life that also have like very big social accounts, but then they have like businesses behind it. And I think a misconception is that like you post a social like once a day and then you're just like living life. But it really is like a morning to night. There is strategy. There is like 
end goals. There's all this work that goes into it. And you're not just like, like you said, that stigma of like the influencer life. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the life you guys are living. Like you're working your asses off, <laughs> obviously, you know? And I think there's a big misconception of that too, that it comes easily or you got lucky or whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. It's not, oh, I shared this new, you know, decor bowl and all of a sudden I have a hundred dollars in my bank. Like that's not <laughs> yeah. how it works at all. No. Yeah. And I think that's really important for people to like understand is no matter what it is that they see people doing, there is so much work that has to go in. Like even when I'm on the couch, right? Like my computer is glued to my lap because Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I can, you know, uh, improve this or, you know, reconfigure these buttons on my website. Like the most random stuff that you don't have time for during the bulk of the workday. Yes. And that's the stuff though that can like add up after a while too that make, you know, it's tough, but it's, it's all important, you know? Yeah. It's it's so difficult to keep up with all of it. Um but it's worth it. But if you have your time block, <laughs> it's a lot easier. I'm a, I'm about to make 100 100 bucks. I'm going to mention that on my Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look at this we will give it block. away for free. Yeah. For one lucky follower. John is like already gift wrapping it. Yeah. Like here, I'll take like, it. He was like, "What is giveaway?" I was like, "We all can't have, be as efficient as you, John." <laughs> Oh my goodness. But I mean, I think too, there's areas, there's so much opportunities and areas to grow. And it's amazing the opportunities that have come up since starting this. Like we never, we never thought at first that we would have clients and now we do have some design clients and um, we really enjoy working with them. And then that's kind of where working on our own projects and working with clients, that's where SketchUp came in, you know, and John spent hundreds of hours researching and learning SketchUp and then hundreds of more hours building a course to teach others so that they wouldn't have to spend as much time as John did learning. And and like, I don't think that this course would have happened if, unless we had had those experiences. So it's, it's crazy to think of what's grown from it. But I also want to say we have had a lot of failures as well. Like it's not, yeah, we are where we are now, but when we first started um, working with clients, we're like, let's also have a shop and on our, on our uh, website and let's sell products Mm. and pieces of furniture through our website. And that just was way too much to keep up with. It's not where our heart was at. Like it, was not, it was not great. Um, and so having to redirect there and just being able to say, okay, not for us, let's pivot, let's do something else. Um, you know, was, it, it was a good learning experience. Yeah. And I think yeah. in business too, you have to try certain things. And at the time it was like, Hey, let's try this out and see if it catches on. And I think that's true for a lot of things we do in business. You just have to kind of yeah. put it out there and see, right? Yeah. And it's not like a failure. It's just like, okay, I can better put my time into something else. Um, I'm curious because, and then I have like a few wrap up questions. I don't want to like keep you guys all day, even though I could. Um, <laughs> I feel when like we you're just, working, I, know, I feel like we just scratched the surface. 
I know. I feel like there's like there's so much going on. There's even there's so much more even than like I knew. I mean, like I feel like we haven't talked we haven't talked in forever, which is sad, but we won't allow that to happen again. Um, but I f- I'm so curious about like what you guys have been doing. Um, when you're working with clients, both of you, I know Megan, you like struggle with like um, imposter syndrome, but is this something that you're still working through? Are you guys like confident enough now that it's like, okay, we've done all these spaces. We've, we're trained in this software. Like, are you confident now? Um, in delivering what you're delivering for people? I think I I have grown a thicker skin than when I started. Yeah. And I am okay that it, if we deliver something and the first iteration of what we deliver is not all rainbows and butterflies and they're, you know, wanting some things tweaked and changed, like I am a-okay with that. Whereas before I was like, oh, I, I, you know, you felt like a failure because you didn't deliver yeah. the first time around all their hopes and dreams. But you did. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You did. And like, cause they wouldn't have been able to do it themselves. Right. Like, yeah, I know. And that's, get there. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I've been able to grow a thicker skin than when I started. I, I still have off days for sure, you know, or certain, yeah. certain um, clients we've had that have really tough design challenges and, you know, I, we hope that we're delivering. And I think, and I, I get this in photography as well is, I know what I can deliver and I have a standard for myself. And so if it's not up to my standard, I get, you know, I'll, I'll edit some photos and and I'll be like, I don't know, John, I don't think the lighting was right or this or that, or like, I don't think this is the right coffee table, but we just, we got to get something to them. And, um, and he's like, Megan, this is all fantastic. Like this is, is, you know, what people pay money to do. And it's like, you're delivering something that's great. And I think, I do think it's helpful to have someone remind you of that every once in a while because you can absolutely get in your own head. But um, for sure. But I, I definitely have a, a thicker skin and I feel more confident in what I've done as time has, has gone by. I think John has always yeah. had this great mindset of like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like John's always been like, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty fantastic. <laughs> John's like, yeah, like, look at what I gave you. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> like, yeah. If you don't like it, you can leave. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, but, but it's always well, but you, Like you have to know you're good at what you do. Like, I mean, look at your house, like, <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing that you're good at what you do either. Like if he's not. I know. I think, I think part of it for me is always wanting to still come across as humble. Like it is difficult mm. to take a compliment, you know, like, Christina, like your, your candles are freaking amazing. They smell good. And not only that, they're like good for you. And, but like, if you heard that over and over and like, you're, you know, all these compliments, it's hard to take a compliment sometime. And I don't, the one thing about the house is like, I don't, you don't want to ever feel like you're bragging. Oh, look at this great marriage. Yeah. Look at this skill set we have. And so I always want to make sure that we're not coming off as bragging and or yeah, anything like that. I know that's like a hard thing. Too. It is. Um, it is. Especially when, when you have like cultivated something that is successful. Um, but it's so funny you say that about the candle. Like, so you'll laugh at this, like what you were saying about the photography. So the, you guys got golden, I think in particular. And can I tell you the label on that candle 
kills me <laughs> on the inside because it looks the same as all the other labels and anybody that was looking at all my candles on the table wouldn't know. But I was back and forth with the printer so many times on this label and they couldn't get it right. One, they embossed the emblem too much and the ink is a tiny bit darker than it is on the rest of my candles. And to me, I look at that and I'm like, it looks like a black blob, that (laughs) that label. But nobody would ever know that. And and I was like, I'm not paying $500 for more labels again because I still had to like pay them for the work and the file they got, unfortunately, was wrong. So it was like kind of my fault. Um, But they were just like, they printed it and embossed it too much and it kills me on the inside. But it's like, that's only something I would ever know. Yeah. And I would. It's that was a practice in recovering perfectionism because I think there's some things worth getting, like, oh my God, the lighting on this or, you know, something. But then there's other things that are like, nobody is going to know. And to anybody, like, I appreciate your words so much because it's like, oh, they got my least favorite label <laughs> and they like it, you know, like, <laughs> and I, every time I send one out, it bothers me, but I had to just be like, it's fine. It's not wrong or it's not bad, whatever. A hundred. No, yeah. And we totally get that. Cause even here at our house, like people come in like, oh, this is, this is great. But like I walk around and I see things that need to be fixed. Like, oh, the baseboard has a mark on it here. This is coming off. This outlet cover's wrong. Like you just see all these little things because you're in it all the time. But no one else yes. can see it. Yes. And there is a there's a level of having to be able to, yes, we can make it as perfect as we can, but there is also just like when you're hiring people, right? Like there is a level of needing to be like, okay, this is like getting a little crazy, you know, like it's okay. (laughs) And that's part of business having as well. Yeah. Yep. So lowering, um, lowering expectations a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And like, and not saying like cut corners or anything like that, but it's just like, don't be so hard on yourself Uh, because it is perfect the way it is or whatever, you know, it's not even like, oh, don't, don't buff it out or finish it, but just don't be so hard on yourself because there's not actually anything fundamentally wrong with it. Yeah. And, and to keep with current trends, like what you're, what you're doing right now is someone's Roman, Roman empire, (laughs) like, you know, like, and keeping that in mind. Yes. Um, okay. So I have two last questions for you guys. And then I will let you go. Um, but what are you working on right now? So today or no, just kidding. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no. Right like, so what's this? the project? <laughs> the curtain, this curtain, the current um, like renovation or like what's going on in the Arched Manor right now? Yeah. So we just finished a theater for a client, that um, a friend and a client of ours, a home theater. And right now... I am kind of, well, I mean, you're helping a little bit, but, um, we're working on my workspace. I don't, I don't want to call it my office because it's a part of our bedroom, <laughs> but no, Megan own it. it is your office. My office, please. <laughs> my office. Um, but so we're, we're working on my office right now. So 
I'm putting up wallpaper I've never put up. It's peel and stick, but I've never put up wallpaper before. I'm painting trim. I'm doing all that. Um, so right now it's currently my, my office. And then after that, we have a couple ideas, but we have to work on some pitching in order to fund some of these projects. So yeah. And also with the holidays coming up, like it's, it's hard to take on renovations when your house is decorated or you do want to be a little bit in a season. So I think we also decided that once I'm done with my office, um, we're going to be doing a lot of the honeydew list. So touching Mm. up a lot of paint and switching out lights or, you know, things like that, that add up that are like, you know, maintenance jobs, but also important to do in the home. (laughs) Yeah. So you guys like you switch out for the season. So like once a room is done, obviously like construction is done and it's beautiful, but then you guys do like subscribe to the idea of like, we'll swap out like decor pieces and then you store them, I guess, like in the basement. And then do you ever bring them back out or is it in like a constant rotation or (laughs) depends on who you ask. (laughs) <laughs> well john what do you what's your opinion we have the- shelves and shelves of stuff in the basement <laughs> that never gets put back out that's not true yes it's it is. partially true <laughs> yes it I, is. i'm telling i'm channeling my inner christina and i'm saying own it megan own it. <laughs> um no we do we do have a rotation i think um there are things that we have not taken out in a while because as part of our business, you need to sell things or decorate with things that you can sell or get affiliate money from. So you are having to purchase new things because some things go out of stock or, you know, so there is some strategy and some, you know, you kind of have to put your business hat on a little bit. Um, but I think right now too, from a decoration standpoint, I'm in the middle of going f- like buying some some things that go out of stock year over year, but then also trying to invest in some pieces that are just have been around for a long time and yeah. that can be reused over and over again, you know, certain um, investment pieces and, you know, whether it's holiday or, or, you know, spring, summer, fall, whatever. Um, and just also decor that you can keep out 12 months out of the year because I was going to say like, you guys should just start like a, we're not using this anymore shop. It's still like brand new a warehouse sale. A warehouse Literally. Sale. Like if you're not using it again, I feel like if it's stuff that's like selling out, like why not do something with it? You know? I know. But I also like to have stage just in case I know right it's like just in case (laughs) it's like that dress like that formal dress it's like I'm gonna keep it just in case I'm I ever need a floor length gown like (laughs) yes 100% keep it just in case but it's it's funny that you say that because um and we've gotten this question from followers of like you know the abundance of decor that we may have again I don't think it's a lot but it is all about perspective (laughs) um yeah um but I we get a little bit of, um, you know, income that we can sp- spend with what is disposable income. Thank you. I, mm-hmm. I thanked you for something that you thank, didn't tell thank me. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for looking at me and <laughs> thank, thank telling you me with your eyes. Um, yeah. you know, we get a little bit of disposable income and I invest in, or not invest, but I spend it on home decor and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
I am not nowhere near fashion savvy or anything like that. And so like you're talking about dresses. I'm like, I have things in my closet that are years old because I forget how to dress myself. You know, I think being self working from home, being self-employed too, like if it's not athleisure, I don't want to look at it. (laughs) Brings out a different beast. Like this sweater is I think from college and these sweatpants. I know. I know. I don't so it's like, dressed. it's funny that like how you spend your disposable income these days. And I've always. So it just like brings you joy too. Yeah. Like it's just part of your creative process. Honestly. Yeah. Like it's not like a hoarding situation. It's just like how you express yourself. And some people do it through clothes and shoes and you do it through the decor. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay. So. My favorite question to ask everybody at the end of every episode is what is your biggest and boldest dream for what you're doing? And that can look like family life, home life, business life. Um, It can be something really small or it can be something huge where you see it all going. Um, I think there's such a power to like really wanting something and and putting it out into the universe and just like claiming it um so I'd love to hear like if you guys have the same one or (laughs) different ones well first let me say that um John and I talk about manifestation all the time because I I really believe that if you if you envision something it may take a while, but like, you know, being where we are now and seeing our kids and, you know, just the, it's the everyday life, not the holidays or the big events or things like that. But like things have started to come into fruition and like where we are now after three years, like you have to envision it and you have to set goals and you have to do all that. So we very firmly believe in manifestation over here. That is like my love language. Yes. So what what do you manifest for for long term? What do you what are you dreaming Your about? Biggest and boldest. <laughs> well, as a creator, that's my, my, my title. <laughs> um, I think for me is just waking up every day and doing what you're passionate about, and that mm-hmm. you know there's a couple of things that, that play into that. Like you have to have the financial freedom to do that. Um, you have to have, of course, family life, healthy family life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just waking up and doing what you want to do. I think that's the ultimate dream. Yeah. And that sounds so simple. Like, I think it cannot be stressed enough how simple that sounds, but how, like you said, how much goes into that and like being able to wake up every day and genuinely enjoy your life is such like a goal, right? <laughs> of so many, cause it's, and it takes work to get there, but it, it sounds really simple, but it's huge. Like that, it changes everything. Yeah. And this is a question for both, both of you. Um, Have you ever gone to bed thinking I have to get to sleep now because I can't wait for what I'm doing the next day. And the faster I go to sleep, the quicker that will come. Yes. Okay. What was the thing happening that next, next day? So I've had a few, um, I mean, the first one was definitely when I opened the bakery. Um, And now I have like some really great conversations and calls with people. Um, 
I'm working on a lot with the business and I, I would say, I feel like right now I'm on the cusp of something really, really amazing. So I have a lot of really exciting days. Um, nothing has been groundbreaking as of late, but, um, I look forward to a lot now. I would say the couldn't wait to wake up bakery. When I have the can't wait to wake up again, it's probably going to be when Jordan gets home from deployment, which is not business related, but that's just where life is right now. But um, I get like that on launch days too, because I launch a lot of new products and I get so fucking stoked about it because, Mm -hmm. um, and then I get really excited when they start, when I know they're about to get delivered to people's houses, equally as anxious as excited. I think you nailed it. But those are things, yeah, those are things I I literally go to sleep thinking about being like, oh, I get to do this tomorrow. I I agree. I I don't think I have them like, I don't know how often you go to bed that way, but (laughs) John's just like, can't wait to wake up. Yeah, just like, I mean, he does fall asleep really quickly, so I don't know, but um, I think for me, it's been when we're about to reveal like a finished space. Like I'm so proud Mm. of. And I, and, you know, being living in construction and and like that, like I know how much time is put into it and it's effort and documenting it and sharing it, but like being able to reveal it, it's both exciting, but also anxious. Like, did I do it justice in this video, in these photographs? I can't tell you how many people have come over and have been like, it looks so different than it does in photo, like, but better, but you know, being in it versus looking at pictures and videos, it's just it's very different. So, yeah. Um, but I think that's probably what makes me the most excited. So interesting. Good answers, yeah. you guys. For me, I'll answer the question too. Oh. <laughs> for me, John, what about you? What, what, well, what it, can't you wait to wake up for? <laughs> I mean, I, I wake up a lot, you know, excited for the day, but there's those rare days where like you really just can't wait, right? You go to sleep, like, I can't wait to wake up to do this one thing. For me, I think there's a couple. One is a project. So in my, first house in Colorado, I didn't have kids, didn't have Megan. I had all this free time, right? And a lot more disposable income. <laughs> so I would just work on a my A lot house. less decor in the basement. Yeah. I would do construction all the time. So I had a fun projects, you know, I would stay up late at night working on it and then be excited the next morning to keep, to keep working mm-hmm. on that. So that's one of them. I believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> the other one I get excited, this doesn't happen a lot again, but looking at houses and properties. Oh, goodness. Mm. I love, love that. Well, and that, you know, talking about being, being a bold dreamer and coming full circle there, like looking at other houses and other properties, I think from a business perspective, I think a big dream of ours would be to be able to own a second property that we can then do more projects on and either Airbnb it or flip it or something like that, but just continue yeah. to create content and renovations and push ourselves creatively. And I think that would be a big, a big dream of ours is to be able to afford to, to do something like that. Um, and also get our kids involved too. Yes. That'd that'd be fun. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. Make it a family, a a Von Trapp little situation going on. Yeah. (laughs) There is, there's so much. Um, and I think that's why I, finally found something that like I 
landed on and will stay with because the way I've cultivated this business in particular, and it sounds like what you guys want to do is like, there's like an endless supply of wanting to create in me. And one, seeing it all come together is like, sometimes it's surreal because it's like, whether it's manifestation or, um, you know, the, the actual plans of it and working with the design and I work with designers and box dimensions and seeing it turn into a physical product from something that I thought would like smell good in my head. It's like so cool to see it come to life. And, um, for you guys, like obviously seeing the room come to life and all the little pieces, but then giving yourself the opportunity to not have to stop. Right. And like, just continue to create and, whatever that looks like, whether it's Airbnb or, or having just like a house that you can go to and that is like a fun house that you, you know, created. It's just, um, I think it's like really important to, for us creators to, uh, it's catching on you guys. I think we found continue <laughs> to create. Yeah. And I love that. So awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this with me. You are and will forever be some of my favorite people on the planet. Um, let everybody know where they can find you. If people are itching, do you work like with people remote? If people are looking to get their houses redone, some decor inspo, what's all the, all the deets on where people can find you? Yeah. So you can follow us on Instagram at Arched Manor. We also have a website, www.archedmanor.com. We have a YouTube channel, Arched Manor, Facebook page, Pinterest, all of it. So um, definitely we'd love, you know, and and when you do visit, don't be a silent scroller, <laughs> which has been, I think, you know, I try to put that out there. Like, like I said, all the engagement, everything. I love talking to all the followers and people. So don't be a silent scroller. Say hello. Say, I heard you on, you know, the Bold Dreamer podcast. Because um, we we just want to hug all of you. <laughs> yeah. Don't be lurkers. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And I love you. And I hope that I get to give you guys hugs in real life soon. I know. Ditto. Yes, and so and again, I feel like we just scratched the surface. There's so much more. So we look forward to it. Maybe part- we can do it again. I was going to say, we're going to invite ourselves over for a part two, Christina. Yes. We can either do podcast part two, or we can do just like in real life part two or both. It. We could do it in real life podcast part two. That would be so I will fun. make you my special coffee. Okay? <laughs> it will be the most amped up combo that I've ever oh, had. So, so scattered. I can't wait, <laughs> but we all have to have one. Oh my gosh. Done. I love it. This is, this is the exhilarating things at this age. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Yeah, this is awesome.